And uh, we're about to get into what the Bible references as, as the wisdom literature. So someone else should probably be preaching this. Um, and they are. So, ha-ha. Uh, I, I got this week and next week, and then uh, Ben is going to come share with you, and TJ is going to come share with you. So um, got some uh, different folks that are uh, going to come be a part of this, and thankful for that. So anyway, I'm going to open us up with a word of prayer, and then we will we'll dig in. God, thank you again. Um, that we get together and, and hear from your word, Lord, and uh, God, but, you know, it's not just about hearing it, uh, for sure. So, uh, Lord, help us to be a people that seek you, God, to seek uh, to know you, Lord, um, a desire to, to be transformed by you, Lord, um, to not build our kingdom, God, but to build yours, Father. So help us to do that. Help us to be um, a people after your own heart as we've been talking through. God, thank you um, for Jesus. And we just ask all this in his name. Amen. So uh, we're going to get into this um, idea, and I I don't mean to... uh, uh, We'll get there in a minute. Um, So we're we're about up to a thousand years before Jesus in our reading, if you're reading along with us. Uh, We're going to be... We've started reading the Proverbs and the Song of Solomon, and we're going to get into Ecclesiastes. And so last week, we uh, kind of ended the message time with this transfer of power, right? David um, kind of at, right at the end uh, made sure he, he transferred power to Solomon, the, the son of David and Bathsheba. And he takes reign of Israel when Israel was at an all-time high, and he just takes it to the next level. Uh, pretty, pretty interesting fella. And uh, so we're going to learn about him. They were, Israel was at the height of their military, geopolitical power. They were having unprecedented times of peace and prosperity. I mean, we've read through all the junk they went through, man. <laughs> and so they are living the dream right now. And, and I hope that you hear America all in this message. Because we have lived the dream. And unfortunately, I think that dream <laughs> uh, is, is, is headed towards a cliff, you know. Um, I shared with you when we were talking about praying big, I don't think God's done with America, and we should pray that way. We should pray for revival, and we should pray big prayers. Um, but there are a lot of characteristics uh, that we're going to see. Um, they were at the cutting edge of their cultural advancements, man, the, the arts and music and engineering and literature and architecture, all that stuff was really taken off in Israel during this time. But when you're, when you're living the life, man, what happens? Complacency comes in. And it's usually quickly followed by moral decay. Um, something about idle hands in the Bible. I, I don't know. Um, but it never fails. You know, we, when, when things start taking it easy and, and things get so good, uh, we end up turning away. And I, and I think part of it, it I think it's kind of, that's why the Bible talks about money so much. You know, I, not that people can't love the Lord and have money, but I do think it makes it increasingly difficult because at some point, I think as a human, we forget that we need God. And when I become my own God and I can rescue myself and I can do all this because of my means, you know, it, sometimes it can easily uh, take us away from God. And so, uh, Lyndon, did you get that map? Okay, sweet. Hey, there it is. All right, so just to kind of show you Israel right here, um, the territory, I know our colors aren't super great, uh, but the territory kind of right there in the middle uh, was the territory of Israel before David became king. And he expanded it out pretty far. And then on the north side, Solomon 
even expands it out further. And for an ancient culture, man, this large, large piece of property, man, that they, that they uh, managed and, and had impact on. And then even the, during this time, even the surrounding territories around them, and they were friends with them or they had treaties with them. Um, but I'm telling you, there was just an unprecedented peace like they had never experienced before uh, going on at this time. And, and so Solomon really kind of takes them to this, this next level, if you will. And he's known as the wisest king. And you might not know why he became wise, and we're going to share that today as we dig into uh, this wisdom literature. And we're going to be in it, like I said, for the next four weeks or so. And if you've been reading along with us, man, we've tackled some really tough things, man. You know, we haven't shied away from them. Um, and some of it's been difficult. And I, and I don't know about you, but in my journey with, with the Lord, there's times where I read a passage and it, I just have to put it down. And God's got to mature me some more before I can handle it, you know, because there's some difficult things. And then some of it's boring. I just said that about the Bible. I'm not a very good preacher, but it is. You know, you get in there and you're just like, what in the world does this have to do with me? I Like, just no, no connection. And then there's genealogies where I can't pronounce anybody's names, but they're just chapters of them, you know. And let's be honest, if you read the Psalms with us, or, you know, we still got some more, but some of those just drag on and on and on. You're like, come on, we got the meaning already. You know, and they just kind of repetitive and keep, keep kind of going after it. Well, then you're in for a treat, because for the next four weeks, there is none of that. This is practical, listen up, wisdom from Scripture. It's life-changing, honestly, if we'll listen to it and apply it. Um, so... Very practical, applicable stuff. It might even sound like your parents' advice or a grandparent or an old-timer is trying to tell you something, because they are, all right? <laughs> and you need to listen. But what I also want to say is these are not prophetic promises. I need you to hear that, okay? We're going to read some of these Proverbs, and when you read a proverb, that does not make it a prophetic promise that if you obey this, this is exactly the outcome, okay? But what it does speak into is it speaks into strong probabilities, right? Like when my parents told me not to speed, right? If I speed, the danger level goes up of having an accident, and the higher speeds you go, obviously, the more intense the accident. So these aren't prophetic promises. So don't treat them that way. They are strong probabilities. They're like, hey, this is my wisdom. I'm passing it on to you. If you listen to it, the odds are... <laughs> that it's going to go in your favor, all right? Um, but life still happens, and we know that. And, uh, but very, very often, these, these are true. Um, so I'm gonna just going to read. We're going to start in Proverbs chapter 10. I'm going to read a couple verses, kind of give you an example of what we're digging into um, this morning. So Proverbs chapter 10, 3, it says, The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but thwarts the cravings of the wicked. Has there ever been a righteous person hungry? Yes! Jesus was hungry at the end of 40 days. I guarantee it, all right? Oh, the proverb's wrong. No, of course not. But, but the idea is there, you know, that if we are, are listening to the Lord and if we're doing the things the Lord wants, we know that God provides, right? We've talked about it a million times. He does His part every single time. He shows up and He's faithful, and He does what He's going to do. Verse, verse 4, it says, A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Has there ever been a, a hardworking person that's impoverished? Well, yeah. Has there ever been a lazy person get rich? Well, yeah. But the idea there, obviously, is that if you work hard, 
um, you're not going to be in poverty, you know, and, and, and if you are lazy, a lot of times uh, things can fall apart around you. Verse 7, the memory of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. Well, I've been to Washington, D.C., and I've seen people's politicians' names on buildings that their name needs to rot, you know, but it's there for all of us to remember who they are. And so I know that's not true either, but again, the idea that what we leave in a legacy is going to last, right? And, and if we're righteous and we're passing on uh, this legacy um, in, into others around us. In verse 9, chapter 10, verse 9 there, it says, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. And again, has anyone ever gotten away with anything? Yes, of course. But most of the time, darkness comes to light. You know, I remember being a teenager, and it was like, man, my parents found out stuff. I'm like, how in the world? Like, no one was even there. Like, how do they know? So darkness comes to light. And Proverbs 10, 27, the fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. It goes against Billy Joel's song, Only the Good Die Young. But, uh, but it's true, you know. The more we walk with the Lord, the odds are, our life is going to probably be longer um, when we're not living in disobedience. So these are not prophetic promises, but strong probabilities. And so we'd be wiser if we listened and heed these words. Uh, we're going to be better off for sure. So if you're in our reading or not, I just want to challenge you and encourage you. It's not some crazy long book to read the Proverbs this week. If you haven't already started, because we've already started, if you're tracking along with us. Um, but if you haven't, just, man, settle in. There is some incredible stuff in there. If you just take some time to read it and digest it, and I'm telling you, it will impact your life for the better. And so I'm just challenging you to dig in. And then Solomon, so Solomon wrote, wrote the Proverbs, and then he wrote this epic love song uh, called the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs. And we we're going to get into that a little bit today, but I think I'll save it for next week to make everyone blush. Um, but it's like this ultimate love song. And uh, we're going to talk about that. And then, and of course, he he writes uh, Ecclesiastes, which is kind of from the perspective of this, this wise old man, you know, that's lived his life, he's made some mistakes, and he's wanting to, to, to pass on some wisdom uh, to those who will listen. So today, we're going to introduce Solomon and his wisdom because the world needs it. Man, the world needs some wisdom right now. And you need wisdom. We need wisdom, all right? Um, it's there, it's in Scripture. So we're going to talk about three ways to value wisdom the first one is to desire it. Um, we're going to read 1 Kings 3, 1 through 9. So this is how Solomon becomes wise. I want you to listen to this. It's, it's awesome. So Solomon made a marriage alliance with the Pharaoh king of Egypt. He took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David until he had finished building his own house and the house of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. The people were sacrificing at high places, however, because no house had yet been built for the name of the Lord. Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David, his father, only he sacrificed and made offerings at the high places. They reference that because it's kind of a thing that was taken from pagan religions to go up on these high places and sacrifice to their gods. And so it's kind of like, uh, you know, but there's this transition thing going on right here and the temple hasn't been built yet. And so... Uh, it's verse four there. It says, and the king went to Gibeon, which again, this high place to sacrifice there for that was the great high place 
Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared, appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of David, my father. Although I am but a child, what a humble moment. He's the king, you know, but he recognizes who he is and where he is. I do not know how to go out or to come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for a multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this, this your great people? It tells the story also in Second uh, Chronicles, uh, in that verse 9 right there, just kind of to, to say it a little different, Second Chronicles 1.10, it's the same story, but it says, Give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and come in before this people, for who can govern this people of yours, which is so great. Um, so it continues on. Again, what a humble moment. Uh, and I just want you to process that because I'm going to ask you that in a minute. I mean, like he was before God and God's like, ask what you want. I want you to think about that for a minute, where you're at in life. And if God just tonight was like, what do you want? What do you actually want? What would be your answer? Would it be this? I've had my eye on an RV for a long time. Big semi-RV, too. I mean, you know how tempting? Like, anything, God? Are you serious? You know? What would it be? What would it be? Verse 10. It ple- Listen to this, man. It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. My wife just threw up in her mouth a little bit, by the way. If God actually showed up and I said an RV, she'd be like... You can move into it. That's what would happen. It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this, and God said to him, Because you have asked for this, and listen, have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. Behold, I now do according to your word. So he does what he asked for. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has, has been before you, and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. And if you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. Woo! I don't know that would have been my answer. Here this this young man is, and what a desire for wisdom. And not just wisdom, so he's a, oh, everybody's going to come to me. I'm the man, I got all the stuff. No, no, no. Don't miss the heart behind it. It's because he saw God's people, and he's like, God, this is such a big task. Like, how in the world could anyone do this? I need your wisdom. I need godly wisdom to be able to manage your people to your people, to do what is right. Mm. 
Does this reflect your heart? Does it reflect my heart? Do we have this kind of devotion to God's Word in His heart? Do we have a, a desire for wisdom and to, and to know, you know? Um, do we have a desire for people to pour into our life wisdom? And if God gave you, I'm, I'm coming back to that, man. If God gave you anything tonight, if He showed up tonight, and no cheating now that we've already like made you feel bad, right? What would you say to that? You know? And I'm all about just being real and honest. I mean, that's just, I feel like that's who we are here, and, and that's who I am. And, and maybe your answer isn't wisdom. Maybe it was an RV. That's okay. But what's not okay is staying there. That's what's not okay, church. It's okay that we're human, and we fail, and we have evil thoughts sometimes, and we fall. But what's not okay is that we stay in that place and just kind of, ha, ha, ha. That's not okay. Everything in Scripture leads to this maturing thing that's supposed to be going on. We're supposed to be putting childish things away. And some of us never do. We never do. And, and I, you know, I, just, I know I've, I've mentioned this reference, and I, and I keep coming back to it because for, for the longest time, I broke my iPad, just kidding. For the longest time, I mean, it was the only thing I desired. I wanted to be a good basketball player. Like, I just, there was so many talented people around me, and I just didn't have that. And I thought, I, I, gotta, I wanna be able to compete at this level. Not just compete, man, I wanted to excel at that level. And I always come back to this, and it's been so convicting in my walk with the Lord because no one ever told me to go practice. And you always call my mom up right now. She won't answer. She's in church. But hey, did Jeff have a basketball in his hand for four years while he was in high school? Yep. I dribbled around the house, man. Glass things would fall off, and I'd get in trouble. And my mom's always, get outside with the ball, you know. And I'd do the Pete Maravich stuff. I'd blindfold myself and dribble around things in the house. And I, no one ever told me to do that. I watched all Michael Jordan's greatest videos, man, like just all his amazing stuff. And the I want to be like Mike commercial. And I'd go out and imitate everything I, I could. It was the wrong genetics. But I tried really hard. And uh, I never could stay in the air quite as long as he did. But I would mimic him. Because I wanted to be the greatest basketball player in the world. No, I didn't want to do that. But I wanted to be great. No one was begging me when it was snowing to go get on the court. I just did it. I remember chiseling ice off of our asphalt at church one time so I could play ball. And when soon as season ended, I was talking to TJ last week, and we were talking about the kind of the end of the season, you're like, oh. But then the desire wells back up, doesn't it, in things, right? When a season comes to an end. And, and I remember it didn't take many weekends before I was back in a three-on-three basketball tournament. Of course, I didn't want to go to conditioning or, you know, that kind of junk. But, um, and it used to kill me. I don't know if it's here. I haven't been in sports in so long, but... We, it used to be illegal to bring a basketball to practice before a certain date. Um, I don't know if they still do that kind of thing. But uh, you had to wait until a certain date before the coach could be present and a basketball. Uh, I guess to make it fair, I don't know. Um, so we'd have practice without a ball. I shot 100%. It was awesome. <laughs> I never, I'd, I'd chuck it from half court. Man, it just went in every time. I was amazing. Um, that was at the peak of my basketball career with no ball. But no one had to tell me to do it, you guys. 
And I love you enough to say this. This is the part that just tears me up inside and breaks my heart. That we can sit in these pews or chairs or whatever church you've been to or gone to year after year after year, and preachers and Christians are still begging you to get in the game. I just don't understand it. It's like, do we not believe God? Is he a liar? Is God a liar? And if he's not, then why are we still hanging on to our own kingdom? Like we have this incredible book that gives us all this wisdom and all this direction, and we just keep going out and doing it our way. And keep going out and doing it our way. And keep going out and doing it our way. And God's just like, if you choose me, you'd never lack for anything. Anything. If you long for wisdom and devotion to God, I guarantee you will receive it. That's a promise you can take to the bank. If that's your heart, you want to know God, you want to seek God, you knock. It's going to open up. Promise. The next way we can deal with wisdom is to discover it. How can I discover it? Well, we got some great books right here called the wisdom literature in the Bible. Um, that's a great place to start. Uh, Proverbs 1, 1 through 6. It's titled, The Beginning of Knowledge. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their, riz, their riddles. And we've already said it, man. The world needs wisdom today desperately. And knowledge is different from wisdom, okay? It, this is a good example we can probably all relate to. You can watch all the YouTube video, videos you want, right? All of them. I, I've done it on changing like brake fluid or something. And it never fails. I've watched it 10 times. I slow it down, you know. And I still mess it up because until I get my hands on it and actually learn it, right, it just doesn't connect all the way. So knowledge by itself is, is great, but it's in the application of knowledge that wisdom really is produced. They are not the same. A lot of us running around with lots of knowledge and we're lacking some wisdom. Proverbs, um, Proverbs 1. Keep going. That's what we're doing. We're going to keep going. Because the next one is, the next one is uh, to fear the Lord. No one likes to talk about this. I don't know why. Because there's some pretty important verses about fearing the Lord. And I know we like to look at God as a big teddy bear or grandpa sometimes. Um, and, and again, I know by the power of the Holy Spirit, we get to cry out, Abba, Father. Um, and I think some of us take that to a different level that it's not supposed to be. Humans, huh. we like to do that kind of thing. Um, and I tell you, don't ever forget who you're talking to. Don't ever forget. Man, there's people who just died instantly for their interaction with God. Don't ever forget who you're talking to, right? 
Uh, it's why it makes it so important. So Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Chapter 9, verse 10 of Proverbs, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is, is insight. We have to revere and respect God. found this uh, quote from George Washington. It says, I now make it my earnest prayer that God would most graciously be pleased to dispose us all to do justice, to love mercy, and to, to, to demean ourselves with that charity, humility, and pacific temper of mind, which, which were the characteristics of the divine author of our blessed religion, and without a humble imitation of whose example in these things, we can never hope to be a happy nation. I mean, here, I, I love that. Like, here's his heart saying, man, if we don't have God's wisdom, we're, our nation is not going to make it. And look what's happening. <laughs> we don't want anything to do with God's wisdom. We got this thing figured out. We got it, God. We're living. Have you seen America, God? I mean, look what we've done, right? There's a whole lot of pride coming into the picture right now. Has been coming in. And the wisdom of God is going away. We can never hope to be a happy nation. Proverbs 3, 5 through 12 says, Trust in the Lord. You've probably heard this one before. With all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your straight, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. By the way, that's why we give here, not so we can pad the bank account or anything else. Man, God's like, hey, trust me. Trust me. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Fear the Lord. Number three, listen to your parents. Or just in case you had terrible parents, right? Because it's the world. And there are not good parents out there, unfortunately. Um, but there are wise spiritual adults in our life. Uh, Proverbs 1, 8 through 9, it says, Hear, my son, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teachings. For they are graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Listen to your parents. Or... I like we're a spiritual family and, and I've you know I've got to say that to a lot of people in here. Thank you for being my church mom or my church dad and investing in me. And we need to listen to those that have gone on before us and live life, right? Because knowledge is great. When we're young, we think we know everything. But it's when knowledge and life hit an application that wisdom really begins to take hold. And the last one um, uh, of this discovering um, Wisdom is, is to seek wisdom from God, just like Solomon did. Uh, Proverbs 1, 20 through uh, 33, and then on into to chapter 2, and I'm going to speed read. It says, Wisdom cries aloud in the street, and in the market she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in your scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you because I have called and you refuse to listen. Have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded because you have ignored all my counsel and would have, not, have, have none of my reproof. 
I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a wind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, would have none, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Continuing on chapter 2, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, deliver you from the ways of evil, from men of perverted speech. Over and over again in the book of Proverbs, he talks about this. And he, he speaks about it as and he's talking to his sons. And, and he, and he kind of engages with them like, like it's, a, it's a beautiful woman, right? A desirable woman, because they know what that's like. And he's like, pursue wisdom like that. Have you ever gone on a treasure hunt? And like just, ah, and it was a tough one. I don't know, scavenger hunts. I don't know if you guys have ever done those kinds of things. But man, going after it, to seek it, to find it, not just, ah, oh, I hope I get wisdom. <laughs> but actually have a desire for it, to, to seek after it. All right, so reading the Proverbs and other wisdom literature, revering and respecting God, listening to your parents and seeking wisdom from God. And the best news is we have the Holy Spirit in us, giving us wisdom and understanding and promptings and still small voices through the scriptures. And I'm just challenging you to start your day with these things. To start your day asking God for wisdom about the choices you're going to be making, the people you're going to be encountering throughout the day, and being in the Word of God. Read the Proverbs this week. You can do it, the whole thing. You got it. It's not hard. Make some time for it. The last one is demonstrate. And this is where we're going to i got a passage of Scripture, and we're going to close up here. James says, don't just be a hearer of the Word, right? Be a doer. And uh, talked about the YouTube videos. We can watch them until we're blue in the face. But until we get hands-on and actually do it, we're not going to learn it, right? And you'll see something in the video, and you're like, ah, da, da. and then when you're in there, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because you've finally got your hands on it, okay? There's a really cool story about Solomon, and, and kind of in the beginning, there's these two prostitutes that... Uh, that come to stand before the king, and, and one of the ladies had, had rolled over on a child and killed it. And there was another of the ladies that had a, had a baby. And so this, the lady who had killed her baby wanted her baby, and so they start fighting, and that's my baby. And she's like, no, it's my baby. And people didn't know who to believe. So they brought the babies before the king, and they pled their case. And Solomon's like, bring me a sword. Crazy story, but really neat. So they bring the king, king the sword, and he said, I'll tell you what, I've made my decision. We're going to cut the baby in half, and you can each take half. 
And one of the ladies is like, no, no, no. She can have the baby. And this is Solomon's response in verse 27 of 1 Kings chapter 3. Then the king answered and said, Give the living child to the first woman, and by no means put him to death. She is the mother. Man, what a moment. What a moment. And, and listen to what happens after that. Verse 28, And all Israel heard of the judgment that the king had rendered, and they stood in awe of the king, because they perceived that the wisdom of God was in him to do justice. We don't need to, to desire wisdom to impress people. Man, we need to desire wisdom because it's a gift from God. And man, do we need some wise people in this world, man. We need some wisdom on Facebook instead of people's opinions, right? If we're going to take that route. People need wisdom in their life and it needs to come from God. It doesn't need to come out of your flesh and your best efforts because you'll steer them wrong. But if you're surrendered to God and you're in His Word and you're letting the Holy Spirit speak, that's where wisdom comes in. Allowing God to take your story to impact someone else's. Allowing the Scriptures you've been reading to, to speak life into some type of situation. We can demonstrate wisdom and we can help this world navigate this mess uh, that we're in and going to continue to be in. But at the end of the day, you know what it's really about? What we keep coming back to. Wanting wisdom and a desire to wisdom is just to bring glory to God. That I'm His and He's working things out through me and impacting the lives of those around me. To Him be the glory. To Him be the glory. Our behavior, our speech, our finances, raising our kids, drinking, eating, working, how we treat animals, the planet, it's all in Proverbs. Proverbs speaks into every single aspect of life. That's what it is. Life. And the Song of Solomon and Ecclesiastes, all of it, man, it's, it's, it just speaks into your life. And if you're willing to sit down and, and surrender to God and read through it, I'm telling you, it will make an impact. It will change the way you think. But the desire, again, can't be for my own gain. It has to be to, to seek Him. To seek Him and want to bring God glory and I just, you know, do you even want to live life? That was the question I kind of landed on. Do you even want to live life according to God's wisdom? And I know our instinct as church is to say yes because there's other people looking. And oh no, what if I'm a Christian and I say no to that? Well, then maybe you're being honest. That's a good place to start. Being honest about where you're at 